It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. This is contacttalkradio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. This is Annalie Kruger with Care Rights Incorporated. We work with families all across the United States in developing an aging plan. We find out what's working well for you and your family and your aging loved ones, what's not working well, what are the goals as you age, is your goal to age in place at home or um, you know, look into retirement communities sooner rather than later. And, and we help families navigate all of those conversations help you get a, an actual viable aging plan in place. So if you need home care, um, transportation services, we align you with resources within your area. We also um, work with families on completing their handy dandy little grab and go binder. For those of you that are on Facebook Live, you can see this. It's a binder organizational system for your important documents, your accounts, your passwords, your all things insurance, house insurance, car insurance, life insurance, long-term care insurance. Who are your key players on your team? Like who's the financial planner? Who's your estate attorney? Who's your mortician? So we, we get you not only an aging plan, but we also work to work with families across the country and getting all of your life stuff in order and communicated with your family. It's great to get your stuff in order, but if you don't actually then take that next step of communicating, then your family still ends up in the same predicament of scrambling, trying to figure all this stuff out. When if you already have it already taken care of and organized, then life is easier for them. So I am excited because I have my good friend Katana Abbott as a guest here on the podcast today. And I want to welcome you, Katana. We actually have a fun little history because we met and you had me as a guest on your on your podcast. And now that I am also a podcaster, I am returning the favor. So <laughs> you have tons of you just you just have tons of information that you want to get out today. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and introduce you and read your bio that you sent over. And then we'll just go ahead and get started. Does that sound good? Mm -hmm. That's great. Thanks. For okay. That. All right. So without further ado, Miss Katiana Abbott, she is a certified financial planner, a CFP, is a retirement coach. She is the founder of Smart Women Companies and the host of Smart Women Talk Radio, which is where I was a guest on, with over a million subscribers. For over 30 years, Katana has shown women how to take charge of their life and their finances and believes it's never too early to plan for expected and unexpected events like retirement, encore careers, moving abroad, or preparing for long-term care. She has written several books, 
created a financial literacy course, and is a popular speaker. Katana has been honored by NAWBO as one of Detroit's top 10 businesswomen receiving the Breakthrough Award. Um, all right. Is there anything else you would like to add to that before we get going on your, your topics? Not really. I'm just really excited to be here. And, um, you know, I, this has just been a passion of mine. My, I'd say ever since I was in my 20s, <laughs> late 20s. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. And I know that you help, you help women all across the country in your coaching platform and just as a, as a CFP, as a financial planner. So you help people. It doesn't, you're just like me. You're virtual. It doesn't matter where you live. You're, you're able to help them um, and provide them a service as well. Yeah, and for, yeah, for 20 years, I pretty much worked with um, people in, you know, the community as a financial advisor. Um, but today, with the internet, you know, when I retired, we launched the Smart Women Companies, and it is global, so mm -hmm. um, we can work with people anywhere. But it's fun when you work with people locally, because you can actually get together with them. Yeah, yeah, but it's pretty powerful and impactful to be able to broaden your service offerings and be able to help millions of families no matter where they live and that's that's the power of being virtual and for some businesses it took a pandemic for them to give them the confidence or not even the confidence but it kind of forced them to be virtual um so but we've fortunately you and i have been ahead of the game for for a while it didn't take a pandemic for us to to go virtual so hallelujah for that so Miss Katana, you, you sent a bunch of questions initially, and then today you sent some more. So I think because what we put out on our uh, marketing piece was the initial question, so should we at least start with those to make sure oh, we get those? It's the same cards? thing. I just reworded it. Okay. So it's the same exact content. Okay. All right. And I literally just printed the second one off minutes ago because I've been on back-to-back -back conference calls. So um, then I'm going to go ahead with what you just sent this afternoon. Does that sound okay? That's fine, yeah. Okay, all right. So, Katana, you've been a certified financial planner for over 30 years and originally built your practice with Ameriprise Financial, but in 2005, something happened that caused you to say, enough is enough, I'm done. What is that? <laughs> I think a lot of people are going through this. And um, I remember I was with, um, well, my friend Debbie in Ohio. She's, we were gonna try to meet when I was down in Florida. And um, you were going to try to meet Debbie. And yep. I noticed on that um, weekend, everyone was saying, you know, I'm done, I'm done. And I, and I hear this so much with people because um, this whole concept of um, working in corporate America, yes, we can, you know, um, have great incomes to um, buy homes and educate our children and put away money into retirement plans. But it really um, sucks the life out of, of a lot of us. And um, what I'm finding is that people work and work and work till, um, you know, age 60, 65, and they're so burnt out, they haven't taken care of their health, um, that um, they don't have quality of life when they retire. And so I was there too. At 46, I was a workaholic. I was running a financial planning practice with 200 clients, we had 100 million under management. And um, I was a rainmaker, what I call front stage. My partner was um, the backstage person. 
And even though I had all these beautiful systems and team and team in place, um, it seemed like I, you know, kept trying to do more and more and more. And the thing that was missing, and I want you to think about it in your life, the thing that was missing was self-care. So I always say self-care um, begins at um, midlife, and, and I kept ignoring those messages. And so it finally showed up in my health. So I don't know how many of you have had these kind of messages, but um, it showed up in my health, and um, it showed up in my knees with arthritis. And I remember I got so bad, I couldn't even get to the front door. Of, I had had them bring the clients to my office. So... Um, what really pushed me over the edge, Annalie, is that um, I got a call from my mom that my stepfather had fallen, cracked his head open. When they was at the hospital, they found um, lung cancer and she had dementia. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it was really traumatic. Um, now, like you, I had everything in place. So um, I actually um, took a whole year off work so that I could um, take care of my family and work on self-care. And I realized my practice ran perfectly without me. And mm -hmm. so it was my opportunity to do my reinvention and to retire to something else. Sure. And um, I had been thinking about all these things that I wanted to retire to and um, caregiving and education and teaching people. And so um, at 47, um, I asked my partner to figure out how much the business was worth and um, to, and I would buy it from, and he could buy it from me. And so we put together a buy sell and uh, he never missed a payment. And so that was in 2007. So I've been working with the smart women companies now um, since 2007. And at 61, <laughs> I'm now in another reinvention. So I want you to think about this idea of um, reinvention. And um, it's a couple of things. It's finding your purpose. And it's also finding what you're great at and being able to do that. Because I really think that's going to be the key. Mm hmm. Yep. And so and, and I think that, you know, because I used to sponsor the Financial Planning Association, the FPA of various states. And we had a guest speaker um, who came and talked about the typical retiree retires six times. Right. You know, and so that's why what you do is so critical because when you come from being, you know, whether it's a business owner, like we are, you know, where you're just, you're a type A <laughs> and, and then all of a sudden you retire and you're like, oh, wait, now what do we do? Because you can only play so much golf or so much tennis, then what do we do? So um, that's awesome that you help people identify what's, what's that next step or what's that next chapter look like. Mm -hmm. Um. Why do you say that the new retirement solution is, is work and why smart women don't retire? They simply, why do you say that they simply reinvent? So how does that resonate with you when you hear it? So, so I say when, when I hear that, um, and I am not going to be anywhere near retirement anytime soon, but women never stop working. Like, I don't know that women ever retire. We don't ever stop working. You know, we always, I think, or most of us, when you have a passion deep inside you, I, I think that we still continue to 
thrive on that passion, whether that passion changes, where you go from working as an employee or a business owner to becoming a volunteer or a traveler and helping, like, I know you help people travel and have these retreats and stuff. I think that's a really important key thing is to always keep reinventing yourself and not, um, you know, not just retired and that's it. Life doesn't stop then. That's really when it gets to a chance to start again. Well, see, I think whether you have a business like we do, because um, I had a financial planning practice, but I was in corporate and uh, there was a lot of rules and um, I didn't have as much flexibility, even though I had a team. And um, especially, so if you're in corporate or a lot of times people have a business, it's, they're the, chief, the cook, chief cook and bottle washer. You know, they're doing everything. Mm -hmm. Um, so I love this idea of um, being able to find out what your unique abilities are, um, your talents and your passions, the things that um, you've always wanted to do, um, and to be able to um, identify those and then, you know, retire to something that is going to give you flexibility and um, help you fulfill your purpose in life and make a difference and generate income. We can talk about that a little bit later, but um, studies have shown that 95% of retirees are going to um, work. Mm -hmm. And that, that sounds shocking because um, when my, you know, when our parents retired, um, I used to say that retirement was a um, three-legged stool. So you had your savings, your social security, and your pension. And if any of those were weak, then um, the chair would fall over, right? Well, mm -hmm. today, all of those are weak. <laughs> and most people don't. There's very few people that have pensions. My husband's lucky enough. He, he was grandfathered in. But the young people, they just made an announcement that um, they're going to get um, the 403B, which is like a 401K, with some kind of matching. And so that turns you into having to... Um, because, you know, first of all, um, save the money yourself, and that's very hard for people to do. Um, and then on top of it, become a money manager. So um, I want to touch on those issues a little bit later. So this um, whole concept of being able to retire to something has some great benefits because not only can it generate income that um, can supplement your pension savings and social security, um, but the silver lining is that it's actually those who work, it's, as long as it's low stress and flexible, um, it's mm -hmm. better for their health. So there's um, less chance of cancer, of high blood pressure, of um, cardiovascular um, disease and depression. And we've all seen people who retire to just, you know, watching TV and eating and, um, you know, they get bored. And so this whole idea of um, being able to reinvent is really, really um, important. And, and I want to point something out. Um, in 1987, when people were retiring, and let's say, so they, they would have a nice stable pension. And so, for example, if you have a pension that pays you, um, let's say, 3500 a month, that's about 40000 a year, that's like having a million dollars in the bank mm -hmm. generating 4%. Not too many people even have a million dollars um, to be able to retire on. So when um, someone when someone can generate, let's say, ten thousand dollars doing something something that they love, um, that's a equivalent to having a quarter of a million invested. Mm -hmm. At four sure. percent, and when I um, retired in '87, Treasury bonds were ten-year Treasuries were paying ten percent. So if you had a hundred thousand, you could put it into Treasuries, and you could get ten thousand a year. 
do you have any idea how much you can get this now today this year for having a hundred thousand and um, ten-year treasuries I'm not sure a little over six or seven hundred dollars a year Wow <laughs> okay so you can see why I'm saying that you know work is the new retirement solution and yeah. so being able to do something and contribute you know when I look at our Congress people and who's running for president you know they're in their 60s 70s and 80s and they're still working so this idea of saving enough money that's going to um, generate enough income for the rest of your life um, I just don't think it's, it's possible anymore. And um, and one of the big issues I see is that um, people are taking way too much risk in the stock market. I asked a woman the other day, um, this was actually in January, I said, you know, um, have you done some planning to reduce the risk in your portfolio? Oh, I'm set, I'm diversified. And I said, oh, really? So why is that? Oh, I have an IRA. Yeah. <laughs> I go, IRA is a tax code. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> She says, well, I have mutual funds. And they said, but mutual funds can be all stock. And so you need to talk to your advisor and make sure that, you know, because she was in her 60s, that, you know, you have 50, 60% safe. And right after that, the market dropped 40%. So imagine that you're getting ready to retire and the market takes a 20, 40, 50% drop because we've seen it happen before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the, the key is um, creating a financial plan. And, um, you know, someone did say to me, um, this is an author that I was talking to, that, um, that plan, the word plan is a four-letter word. Yeah. That women don't want to do it, so. People don't want to do it because I do aging planning. My, my whole, my clients <laughs> are women. And um, I'll work with the husbands, but the women, I'm connected to the women and then they'll bring the husband in. So, but still, yeah. um, what I find is, yeah, people, people don't want to do the planning and the planning nope. is so important. It is. And, you know, because with, with what I do with creating the aging plan people just seem to not want to do it until they're forced into it until they're in a crisis where they have no other option and they're burned out and now they're just fried and now they're like yeah okay I guess putting a plan together makes sense but the sad thing and you see this in your line of work too is that by the time they come to that realization they have this kind of option they have limited options versus the plethora potentially of options that they would have had had they had the mindset to plan when things were still pretty well or at least starting to get on shaky ground they would have had a lot better care options a lot better quality options and certainly a lot better independence and choice in what happens to them because in a crisis with healthcare, you go wherever there's an open bed, and that's not always the best choice. So we do similar things, trying to get, trying to educate people to plan ahead so that you can have the kind of options and the kind of living that you want to have. You know, we were talking about that, and and it seems like, you know, I'm trying to get people to plan in their 50s and 60s. Um, I'm trying to get them to plan in advance. And if someone comes to me, and you, you get them a lot of times, and your background is so phenomenal as a clinical psychologist or social worker, that, um, you know, you, could, you get the call that the doctor says, okay, they need to be moved into assisted living or nursing home or something, skilled care, something like that. And then there's a scrambling. Um, I, I can't even deal with that part because I, I would have to bring in the team, and one of the team members is you. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's so, why it looked like this, because that's exactly yeah. what it's like. It's everyone hurry up and scramble. <laughs> I'm telling you. So, yeah, I, you know, I really um, respect what it is you do, because that Thank is you. a tough job doing. It, yeah. And it's not that I don't do it, but um, I'll, I have to bring in all the team members to do it. And then you're cleaning up messes that, you know, if you could have done it early, you know, mm -hmm. like um, I was telling the story about my parents and this is, um, um, I'll just, you know, give you a plug here because um, my parents, my mom married when she was 58 to my stepfather who was 72. And thank God he, he was going to give everything to my mother, which could have disinherited his kids. So I told him that there was a better way to do it. And um, he, he agreed and we sat down and we did a financial plan. And so they bought long-term care insurance. He set up the wills and the trusts and the powers of attorney. And um, 15 years later, when that incident happened, that I, that I, the story mm -hmm. I told you at the very beginning, everything was in place. And so your grab-and-go binder, um, I, I, you know, I recommend every single person start working on that. Work on it for yourselves. Work mm -hmm. on it for your parents work on it for your children and then um, get the children adding to it every time a life event happens, you know, yep. and um, continue to um, continue to do that. Um, you know, the adding the different things, you know, cause the kids still need something. Cause if your kids are in an um, accident, you can't right. just walk in and start talking to the doctor, file a lawsuit on their behalf, or even talk to the insurance company without That's these right. powers of attorney. So that's right. And families don't get that. They don't understand it until they find themselves in that. It's a predicament. It, it really is. And then you're emotionally fried because you just got this heavy news that your loved one's not doing well. And now you still need to come up with all this information that you don't have at your fingertips. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be that way. So if there's one takeaway so far about that, get your stuff in order, no, no matter how old you are. So I want to um, go back to if your question of if someone listening has not yet retired, how do they know when is the right time to take the leap and how will they know how much they will have and how much they will need? Okay. That's the million dollar question. The that's number, the right? <laughs> yep. What is my number? So, my number? <laughs> so, you know, again, when, you know, years ago it was a lot easier because um, most of the people that I worked with, they had the pension. Um, they, most people retired at 62, believe it or not. And they took the early social security and then their house was paid off, and then they'd have some savings. So between that, um, you know, I very rarely had people that couldn't be comfortable in their retirement. Um, but today it is so different. And so, again, most people don't have the pension. Uh, so let me, you know, I mentioned to you, if you have a $40,000 pension, it's like a million dollars. So um, without the pension, there's this big gap. And that's something the government has done to us, and it's wrong. Most European countries still have pensions, and the employees pay into it. Um, the corporations, the you know, companies they work for pay into it, and then um, the govern government contributes to it. That has ended here. So um, what I like to do is I, I like to have someone do a plan um, to get their Social Security estimate. And on your Social Security estimate, um, 
let's, we would take, a, first of all, if there is a pension, that's great. We're going to look at it. And um, you're going to want to um, see that as well. But um, with this Social Security, um, it will show you how much your Social Security is if you retire at 62. Um, if you wait till full retirement, which right now is 66 in two months, <laughs> you're retiring now, um, then it's another amount. And it's, it's quite a bit more. And every year that you wait from your full retirement up till age 70, you make eight, they increase it um, around 8% a year. So it can make a huge difference. And so we find out, we look at those, we first of all find out um, what your lifestyle is going to be, you know, how much you think you're going to need. Um, for income. And so the first thing you look at is that social security and then we look at your pension and um, Then we'll take a look at your investments and um, we usually use a 4% withdrawal rate So if you have 250,000 you could expect to pull about $10,000 a year out. It's a little bit tough to do it now mm -hmm. um, because interest rates have dropped so much um, but there is probably going to be if there is a shortage um, that's where I say, okay, let's look at this idea of an encore career. And it could be continuing to do something with a company. Um, it could be entrepreneurship. And I'm finding a lot of professionals are wanting to do consulting. Mm -hmm. um, they want to speak. They want to write. Maybe there's something um, they want to invent. There was um, someone I was watching an interview, and he was in computer-aided design. And um, since he, he retired at in his 50s, he's created um, two inventions and um, sold the companies. So wow. yeah, that kind of thing. And the two shows that we did in June, um, one of them, Lewis Schiff, if anyone wants to check that one out, um, that was the second show we did, it was the very last show we did. And um, he teaches people how to do that. Um, he has, actually has classes to teach people how to mm -hmm. um, scale and that kind of thing. But um, once you find out what that shortage is, then you can actually figure out in the reverse engineer, let's say if they're, um, I'm going to give you an example. My husband wants to retire at 60 and that's um, year 20, um, 24. Um, I'll be 65 when, when he retires. And so his, he has two pensions. And so together they're about 50,000, you know, but I want my survivor pension, which is going to reduce them. So in the old days, I wanted to point this out, is um, you didn't have to, you could, my grandfather, for example, took the bigger number, which was his life only. And um, so he died at 72. And, you know, while he was living, grandma and grandpa got social security and pension. When he died, um, she got no pension and had to live on social security only until she lived to 90. Yep. And Social Security doesn't get you very far. I no, think. no, Social Security pays for a very small part very of it. And it was set up that way. It wasn't yes. set up to be retirement income. It was set up to be like a kind of a little bit of a, a help and a stopgap, but certainly not to be the sole retirement income. And unfortunately, that's many people. That is kind of all they have, especially women. If they were homemakers and they didn't get their quarters in, you know, they didn't work outside the home, maybe. So you have you have a um, scenario that you submitted over. It's a woman who's pregnant with twins. The husband dies and he forgot to change the beneficiary on the life insurance. 
what what happens then? <laughs> well, no, this is a true story. This is one of um, one of my friends, and she actually ended up writing a book about this because she was pregnant with twins, married to a CPA, very smart, right? But because you know they didn't do a grab and go binder in a financial plan <laughs> where they know what the beneficiaries yep. are, and update everything, <laughs> and get copies of everything. When um, he died unexpectedly and left her with twins, um, there was a large life insurance policy that went to his ex-wife. She was so furious that um, she became a financial planner herself. And she wrote a book called um, Girlfriend, The Girlfriend's Guide to Money. Um, let's see. Oh, something about protecting your ass assets. <laughs> <laughs> How to protect your assets, a girlfriend's guide to money. But, um, and she, so she covered all these different areas, but it's just so important. So, so again, you, you want to take a look at what's the difference between um, retiring at 62, regular retirement, and age 70. You want to see if there's pension and your investments. And then you can look at that shortage. And, and I just suggest continuing to work. Um, as long as you can until you don't want to work anymore. So if I know someone who took social security at 62 and then kept working and then they have to pay part of that money back. Mm -hmm. So delaying social security, you end up, look at your social security statement, you end up with a huge amount. And then whatever that shortage is. Um, so for example, with my husband and me, um, and, you know, when I'm 65, I can actually retire if I wanted to, but I'm not going to retire till I'm 70. So he'll retire at 62. He'll take the pension. He'll take his Social Security. Um, I'll wait till I'm 70 because I'm going to continue working. And I know by doing my financial plan during each period of time how much I need to make, you know, and if I make more than that, I can put it away and invest it. But the best part, our little nest egg, our, um, 401, our 403B and our IRA, those can continue to compound and grow. Mm -hmm. And if you allow money at 7% to, um, to compound and grow in 12 years, um, it's, going to be, it's going to double. So right. does that make sense? Yep. You know, and you have have a lot more fun if you're doing something. If you, you know, think about the things that, um, you know, right. your, your um, passions, things that you'd want to do. Right. And you, you, one step that any of these listeners can take is uh, because, because we, I try to get, um, I think I do a good job of getting really informative guests on here. And a lot of the things we talk about are finances and caregiver help. Um, reducing caregiver burnout, aging issues. And I cannot stress enough the financial piece of this because if you don't have options, if you, if you don't have money, if you don't have resources, you really don't have good options. It's just how life is. <laughs> you know, there might, I might want to buy this like $500,000 house or a million dollar house, but if that's not in the cards because I don't have the resources, then that's not an option for me. So it just makes sense that the more that we can start planning today for tomorrow, we're going to have a lot better options than if we don't do any kind of planning at all, or if we delay planning until, oh my gosh, I want to retire in three years, what am I going to do? Your options are a lot more limited. Yeah, so you have, So you have, you've got an on, you've got a free community. You can, you said um, one thing they can start doing right now is they can join your free community and download your free guide to money and retirement. Um, 
that's one thing that they can start doing right now mm -hmm. is getting connected with you. Yeah. Um, well, the Smart Women's Empower, one of the things I wanted to do, the, one of the reasons I retired was to be able to educate women. I was teaching a class for the Federal Reserve's Unbanked. Uh, Federal Reserve Smart Money Week and the audience was unbanked and I stupidly did not know what that meant. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I didn't realize and so I got there and there was all these women and um, and here I was in a you know fancy suit doing a, a program called Smart Women Finish Rich and so um, at that event I, I, I knew I had to tell my story and I had never told my story before. And so I told my story to these women how, um, you know, my father had died at six. I grew up in an abusive family. My uh, mother ended up homeless with breast cancer and it just went on and on. And I said, but I read a book called Think and Grow Rich by mm -hmm. Napoleon Hill and um, it changed my life forever. And I found my burning desire. And I said, you know, and look what I've been able to do. And I said, so if I can do it, you can do it. And today I'm going to show you how. <laughs> and at the end of that event, all these women wanted an appointment with me. And we only worked with wealthy people. We had a small client base. So that was the moment. I mean, we always have these defining moments in our life. And I said, I am going to figure out how to educate women, all women. So... Good for you. Yeah, and that's when I was, you know, doing financial planning. So, you know, the universe heard that. And that's why I think this whole thing with my knees and, you know, I had to leave there. And I came in and that's when I started the, the I started out with a coaching program. And then I realized, again, there was still a lot of women that couldn't afford coaching. And then um, one of my clients called and said to me, she wanted to make a donation to my nonprofit. And so then I had funding. And so we, what the Smart Women's, it's smartwomensempowerment.org, but you can go to join Smart Women. And if you go there, you'll find that um, we do a monthly theme-based easing. And last November, um, you, you know, you were our guest and yep. we did caregiving. And so we always have two guests, the second and fourth Tuesday, and you've got the first, third, and fifth. Both of ours. So you see, I have the smart woman here. So um, when you come there, though, we've got the easing. You'll know who's going to be on there. But but we also have an online school that is free. And so I put my private coaching materials in there, and um, we've got all these different courses on um, health and business and money, and you can access those, access those for free. And we're actually repurposing, since I've done 400 shows, we're repurposing a lot of the shows into yeah. classes, which um, is so amazing. You know, that's one of the things... Um, I think that is smart in business is when we can do something and then use it 10 different ways. Right. You know, because trying to find an ar archive of a show on caregiving, for example, um, could take a long time if you're scrolling through, you know, on iTunes or something. Um, but if I can take Annalise's show and put it with um, an elder law attorney and home instead talking about in-home care and, you know, and then package that into a course and, 
in Annalee, yeah. I'm doing that. So you're going to be Good. in that course. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. Because I'm with you, Katana. Families, consumers don't know what they don't know until they know it. Mm-hmm. And then unfortunately, it might be too late <laughs> to do anything helpful, you know. And so I hats off to you to just finding that passion and realizing that you don't want to just always work with the wealthy. You want to be able to help educate and support women of all backgrounds, no matter how financially strong or not that they are. So hats off to you for doing your nonprofit and doing all of the things that that you do because you help thousands and probably hundreds of thousands of women all across the world. So that's... (laughs) I'm sure you sleep very, very well at night knowing you're doing good work. So um, one of the questions, and I, we have about 20 minutes left. So I know that you had um, a couple questions. What are some things that can derail even a good, a good plan? You have a couple things that you wanted to maybe mention about that. Yeah, and you know we we've hit some of these things. I mean, like, that. I'm reading through I'm reading through your bullets. I'm like, oh wait, we already talked on some of that well, stuff. Well, no, but that's okay. But you know, I I think people don't think about the the cost of healthcare when they <laughs> when they um, do planning because you know you might be working and your healthcare is covered by work, but then when you retire, you think, oh, I'm going to get Medicare. But Medicare, there's a supplement, and then there's deductibles, and then you've got your prescriptions. And then what happens if you have a long-term care, you know, your health goes down and you need in-home care or assisted living? We know what those costs are. Um, you, you, you and can- I do. You and I do. But let me just, let me just do a shout-out because okay. consumers, I can promise you, they do not know. They think Medicare is going to pay for everything. Or So let me just do a shout-out here just so that okay, those that are listening – know how much we're talking when when we say why it's so critical to put a plan in place because we know the reality is home care costs roughly 25 to 30 dollars an hour and most of them have a four to eight hour minimum so they won't come to your house unless you sign a contract or work with them on a on a four hour minimum or even an eight hour minimum the reason they have minimums is number one our applicant pool for health care is uh, limited <laughs> is limited. Uh, I'm trying to find the right words. <laughs> so our healthcare, our applicant pool is limited. And that's just not healthcare. That's no matter what industry, it's hard to find good health, right? Um, talking about getting people to come into the house. To be an applicant, to even apply, and who can even pass the criminal background check and who can even pass the drug screen. So it's it's limited. And the other thing is not everybody wants to be a caregiver. It takes a very special person they do very, very hard work and they get paid very, very little, right? Mm-hmm. So it's hard to find good home care, home care or caregiving. Um, but we also, want our, we also want our loved ones or you as a family would want your loved one to have more consistency with the caregiving. So if you only have an hour shift here and an hour shift there, number one, they can't staff it because who wants to work for just an hour? And number two, you're always going to have 15 different caregivers if you don't have a consistent shift. So my point in that is the cost is about $25 to $30 an hour no matter where you live. It's roughly that. And if you need live-in care, that can be $8,500 a month, a month for live-in care. And that's provided you only need one caregiver. So for example, we're 
I'd love to bring my mother home, but I know that she's probably going to need two caregivers. That's $16,000 or $17,000 a month because I know that she's going to need two caregivers, mm -hmm. right? So how do you, you know, so I just want those that are listening or if you're on Facebook Live right now, I want you to know that's, that's just the cost of home care. So when, when seniors always tell me, well, I want to age in place at home, okay, that's great. Can you afford to do that? How did you financially plan for that? And who are you relying on to be your caregiver? Are you expecting that oldest daughter to drop what she's doing to be your caregiver? So that's just the cost of home care. Nursing homes, depending on where you live. So long-term care centers, skilled nursing centers. I have clients out on the East Coast that are paying fourteen dollars to $16,000 a month for mom to be in the nursing home. Assisted livings, you have your that's month. after taxes. Right, there, that's the charge. That's how much it costs to live in a nursing right, right. home. You have to earn the money, pay the taxes, right. and then pay for that care. I mean, think about that. So to pay out $18,000 a month, you probably have to earn 20 some thousand a month. That's right. And so we know that assisted living, you pay a, you know, maybe two, three, four thousand dollars $4,000 a month room and board. But then if you need levels of care, on top of that, that can be anywhere from four to $10,000 a month. So we're talking thousands of dollars per month that you need for, for health care when you get older. Mm -hmm. A lot of families, a lot of my families, when they start working with me, they'll admit, you know, I'm paying $2,000 a month towards mom's care because she's in a private pay-only facility and we don't want her to move. So these kids are financially kicking in. So that's why I'm always, always passionate about you have to, we have to work together now to be putting a smart plan in place. Otherwise, you're going to find that you're, you're going to feel like you have to kick in financially if you don't have a if you don't have a good financial plan in place, we've got to figure out what kind of aging options or aging care options do you have based on whatever resources you have. Right, and you know I'm reading a book by Susie Orman. She has a new book out called um, I Love Her. Yeah, but the Ultimate Retirement Guide for Fifty Plus, and she's and I and I um, love the idea that she says if you want one of your children to be your caregiver, you better pay them. Yeah, um, and there's a there's a couple, and it ha and if you're going to pay them, you better go to an attorney and have a document drafted because otherwise, otherwise, um, it can come back that you were trying to divest assets. Correct? I mean, you know all this stuff, so right. I mean, all this is very very important. But why that? Let's say it's usually I, my program is called the Designated Daughter Program, and it means are you the designated daughter as a caregiver, or do you need a designated daughter? I mean, and that's the new thing now for the boomers is we have to plan who's going to be our designated daughter. So if you do take your child and expect them to, to just take care of you, I want you to know um, what that means because the average caregiver is, is a mid, mid, middle-aged woman who is at her peak earning and when they um, quit their job, they're losing not only their income, but they're losing um, their pension contributions, their 401k contributions or IRA. They're also losing promotions. I mean, this all adds up. And um, the, the average, okay, this isn't the high and the low because some people make even more. $324,000 is what a woman loses to become a caregiver. So <laughs> it's huge. So you really need to think out what your plan is. And it might be your daughter, but then you have to figure out how you're going to be able to pay her and then um, make it legal 
or a but one step that. before that one step before that is you actually have to have communication about this because the I can tell you from what I do with care right a lot of parents have so it's kind of um, unique because I'll always ask my senior clients what are your goals as you age it's always two things I want to age in place at home but I don't want to be a burden on my kids. Well, I'm here to tell you that unfortunately they end up being a burden on their kids because they've never put an aging plan in place. And so then of course, when mom has that stroke or dad's Parkinson's progresses, what is the, who's going to jump in? It's all, there's always going to be, or hopefully always going to be a kid that's going to be like, Oh geez, I got to take three weeks off work to fly to wherever to come to the rescue. And that's three weeks of not having a, that potential job promotion. That's three weeks of potentially not making money if they're a realtor <laughs> or if they work on commission. So I can tell you that a lot of elderly people, they, while they say they don't want to be a burden on their kids, the reality is you'd be surprised how many of them during our family meeting it'll come up obviously because that's what we're talking about is the aging plan who do you expect or anticipate is going to take care of you and they'll say well of course daughter nancy is going to she's already a nurse so she already she's the best qualified to take care of me and i'm like does nancy know this and nancy's over there going what <laughs> you know right. so it's I mean, that, the dollar sign it's not just it's an honor to take care of your parents but then how do you pay your bills Right. And not everybody has a relationship with their parent to take care of them. Yeah. You know, so you have to have the relationship. You have to have the means, the finances. You have to have a supportive spouse because I can tell you when I ask my clients three years ago, I asked my clients, because it's, it's almost always the daughter that comes to me and she's burned out and she doesn't get along with her siblings anymore. And, mm -hmm. and the relationship with her parents is strained because she's burned out and not supported properly. And so I asked these daughters, how much money did you spend out of pocket? just on travel alone, just on airfare and renting cars and hotels the year before you came to care right to me to put an aging plan in place, 15,000 was the average out of pocket. And that's because when you have frail elderly parents and they fall, they end up in the hospital, their dementia progresses, they get urinary tract infections. These daughters are leaving their jobs and their homes for two, three weeks at a time and flying to wherever mom and dad live to come to the rescue and figure out what they're going to do. That's that much money that's out of pocket and it's stressful. Mm -hmm. Always having to have, you know, cause when you, when you get, when you book that flight after you get that crisis call, Frontier Airfare is not $59. It's a thousand bucks at a pop. And so then you talk about these stresses that they have at home is, you know, husbands might be as supportive of that for the first one or two emergency airfares. But after spending a few thousand dollars, they're like, whoa, this is really coming out of our budget, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. and that's affecting them financially as well. So that's why we have, we're in a caregiver crisis. The nation is in a caregiver crisis and we have to do better at having our family meetings, having a financial plan, being educated so that we can start making smart decisions that aren't going to have hazardous impacts on these adult children. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, the other thing is that inflation, you know, people look at, I need to replace my income, 60000 100000 but you have to add the cost of inflation. And, and one of the um, things that has the highest inflation rate is, again, going back to healthcare. So, 
you know, a lot of this is um, talking about healthcare. One of the things, um, Annalie, I did that was very smart when I was uh, um, working for Ameriprise is, and I had these 200 clients, is um, all of them. We had the conversation, the, this care conversation you're having, but, but it was a conversation for who is going to take care of me when I get old. That's a, new, that's a new book that's out. I'm going to be interviewing her. Um, Joy Loverdell, I think her name is. Um, but who's going to take care of me when I'm old? So I had my clients do the plan, and we looked at what their future cost was going to be. And you want to do the planning when options are affordable and um, you are insurable, and you have, you have lots of options. <laughs> and so... Um, one of the things I was very proud of is that all my clients had um, looked at this. They had long-term care in place. And we even would set it up so that the premium was paid for, you know, during their working years, um, it was paid for by their investments. So we would say, let's just take this one little chunk over here. Back then it was paying, you know, 8% or yeah. a higher rate of return, but that's going to pay the premium for the rest of your life to protect everything else that you have. So if you do this when you're young and you're earning money, you can actually pay it out of your earnings. <laughs> and then maybe when you take social security, your social security can pay for it. But that um, small amount of expense can protect everything that you have. And um, I just want to take a moment to talk about, you know, in the old days, like what my parents bought, um, they, they bought an long-term care that um, is, is not as popular now. Um, very few people are purchasing this kind anymore. But it was, um, if you don't use it, you lose it. So you pay a premium. And the only way to get a benefit was to go um, and need care, either home care, assisted living, or nursing home. And um, for some reason, you know, men really, really hated this. And so um, today there are new hybrid policies and the hybrid policies, they combine life insurance and long-term care. And there's two different kinds. Um, there's one that, for example, this is like perfect for my husband and me, is I want to make sure when he, in the, I get his pension benefit. So we each have half a million dollars of, of life insurance on each other. So if we die, the life insurance goes to the other person tax-free or to our kids. However, if we need that money while, let's say, you know, we live really, really long and we need that money, we can pull it out tax-free for long-term care expenses. So that's called hybrid life insurance, mm -hmm. uh, hybrid long-term care um, life insurance. So it's it, whatever you have in death benefit, um, if, you know, you can say, I want that full amount available to me while I'm living. Um, another one is called a linked benefit, and it's primarily long-term care, but um, I just did this for a couple where they're paying um, $11,000 for 10 years into a policy, each of them. And um, it's, so that's, then it stops. But um, if either of them die, that money that they paid in, that full amount plus some extra, gets paid out tax-free to the other person. So they get their money back. Yeah. Um, however, if, if, you know, it is at some point, it will pay out long-term care expenses, excuse me, um, if they do have a claim. And there's also different um, categories. There's chronic illness. There's long-term care. There's, um, as far as a... Um, the type of benefit 
type of um, illness that you qualify for. So you mm -hmm. really need to work with someone that understands your situation and can pick out the best policy. Some, some of these long-term care policies are reimbursement. So you're having to save, save your receipts and submit them or um, have the long-term the insurance company work with the assisted living or with the nurses and they submit the bills. Um, I like something that's indemnity. And so if you, if you have a $7,000 a month policy, it will pay you $7,000 as long as you qualify under one of yeah. the, you know, like three of the six um, activities of daily living. As long as you qualify, um, it just pays out a check. And you can use that for anything, even to pay a daughter to mm -hmm. take care of you. So it's really important that you work with someone who not only understands this, um, but they actually have access to all the best companies, not just one company. Because my, my former partner who bought my practice won't do long-term care because he really is very limited on his choices. Um, and so he refers those people to me because I work with a firm that works with all the companies in the country and they actually do all the research for me and because I couldn't keep track of that either. Yeah. So yep. it's really important to get the right kind of policy you know, Annalie, um, one woman I know, her, her caregiving costs are 72000 a year. She's yep. still working. She's almost 70. And she got a policy that all it was is $72,000 of benefit. And the agent had said, it's, it'll pay as long as you need it. Yeah. But it, the benefit was 72000 period. So they went through it in one year and she's devastated. Yeah. So we don't want that to happen to you. No. We and we have sure. one we have one minute left. So oh. um <laughs> I know the time goes fast because we, we do. We try to give as much information to the listeners as, as possible. So you've talked about a lot of really important key things. Um we've got your website and your contact information on all of the information that we've sent out as well. Um, we've talked about when, you know, the value that you add with, with your smart women, um, and your retirement coaching platform that you have. Is there any last shout out that you'd like to do? We've got one minute left. Well, I just think, um, you know, we don't plan to fail. We, we just fail to plan. And I, so even if it's something that you don't want to do, um, if you have a financial advisor, get a hold of them. Um, if you don't have someone, get a referral. But um, make an appointment to sit down and take a look at your situation. Um, you're welcome to come talk with me. I, you can have a 30-minute complimentary consultation if you go to katanaabbott.com. And you'll automatically be invited to our free community and be able to access everything. So. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. I don't see that we had any questions come up on this podcast, but um, we'll, we'll get this aired out on the, on the internet and get you the link as well so that you can send it out. Wonderful content. Katana, I can't thank you enough for being a guest on, on my podcast. And it's because of you that I even have a podcast. So, um, <laughs> and we're on the same day of, you know, the Tuesday. I, know. I, I love it. Yeah. So um, in closing, in closing, I'm Anna Lee Kruger with Care Right Incorporated. This is Katana Abbott. She's got Smart Women um, Talk Radio um, that you can see behind her as well. 
I work with families across the country in developing that aging plan, reducing caregiver burnout, and really helping you get your affairs in order by the Grab and Go Binder. Katana, you educate women across the country as well. You, you work virtually also um, to really help women across the country make smarter decisions and work smarter, not harder. So I thank you so much for being a guest today. The Care Right podcast is the first, third, and fifth Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern. And your podcast is the second and fourth Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern. So <laughs> that's right. So if you're listening every Tuesday at 3 p.m., either listen and listen to mine or listen to Katana's. <laughs> Very good. Well, thank you so much, Katana. I really appreciate your your inputs and input and insights today. Thanks for having me here. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.